footsteps behind you as you enter the woods. Night draws back its cape. Light illumines your path. Open your eyes. Listen. Welcome to Dark Softly Tales. Dark stories for dark hearts. I'm Mav Sky. Good evening and welcome to your nightmares. Where we like to keep it dark and dreamy here at Dark Softly Tales. And this week, we will be diving into a fable written in 1891 by Oscar Wilde called The Fisherman and His Soul. Many of you know Oscar Wilde for writing the play The Importance of Being Earnest, which is one of my favorite plays of all time, and I try to read it every year because the language is so witty and charming and fun. But his most famous work is The Picture of Dorian Gray, which at least back in my day, a lot of people read that in high school. I don't know if they do that anymore, but the book explores a theme that we've explored here on Dark Softly Tales off and on, which is the theme of the soul, discovering the self, discovering the shadows, separating the soul from outside sources, and deciding for ourselves who we are, what we want, what we need, what needs to be reined in, what we need to let go of, who to love, and why. And that same theme is explored in this story. I know the soul isn't talked about much these days, and often when we do talk about the soul, we think of religious themes of heaven and hell, morality, which is so sad, at least in America, that's the way that we've been brought up and trained to think of the soul. Because the soul, if you can separate it from all that, is such an intimate and very real piece of ourselves that if we could just focus on it, it would make us much happier and peaceful people. There is no finer endeavor to communicate with our soul and to go on the journey of the soul. And that is what we do through this story. There are many archetypes in this story, many of which we meet up front. You will recognize the mermaid, and if you remember in episodes, um, I believe it was in episode 29, 30, 31, 32, where we go through the story of the Little Mermaid and then also just talk about what is the soul. Um, you can go back to that and listen to those because I think there's a lot of really good information there. I mean, it's a great story. Um, we also have a priest, which of course represents societal morality and religion. And then we meet a witch which we've also talked about the stereotype of the dangerous old woman. But in this case, the switch is much younger and she's mischievous. And just as she taunts our young man uh, with almost a lyrical phrase, what do you lack? What do you lack? Even as she asks this phrase, you can clearly see that she herself is lacking. And that's why she behaves the way that she does. And then we meet the king's merchants who represent physicality, um, like the things that you can touch and that you can feel and the things that you would buy for your house. And these are stages that are very much what we go through as we awaken and go through our soul discovery journey. 
Okay, so if you are in a place to do it, lean back in your chair and relax, close your eyes, and let's be swept away into a beautiful faraway place that has very dark shadows indeed. Don't worry, I've got your hand. There's nothing to be afraid of. Is there? Take my hand and hang on tight as we journey into the dark softly. The Fisherman and His Soul by Oscar Wilde Narrated by Mav Sky Part 1 Every evening, the young fisherman went out upon the sea and threw his nets into the water. When the wind blew from the land, he caught nothing, or but little at best, for it was a bitter and black-winged wind, and rough waves rose up to meet it. But when the wind blew to the shore, the fish came in from the deep and swam into the meshes of his nets, and he took them to the marketplace and sold them. Every evening he went out upon the sea, and one evening the net was so heavy that hardly he could draw it into the boat. And he laughed, and he said to himself, Surely I have caught all the fish that swim, or snared some dull monster that will be a marvel to men, or something of horror that the great queen will desire. And putting forth all his strength, he tugged at the coarse ropes till, like lines of blue enamel round a vase of bronze, the long veins rose up on his arms. He tugged at the thin ropes, and nearer and nearer came the circle of flat quirks. And the net rose at last to the top of the water. But no fish at all was in it nor any monster or thing of horror, but only a little mermaid lying fast asleep. Her hair was as a wet fleece of gold, and each separate hair as a thread of line gold in a cup of glass. Her body was as white ivory, and her tail was of silver and pearl. Silver and pearl was her tail, and the green weeds of the sea coiled around it. And like seashells were her ears, and her lips were like sea coral. The cold waves dashed over her cold breasts, and the salt glistened upon her eyelids. So beautiful was she, that when the young fisherman saw her, he was filled with wonder, and he put out his hand and drew the net close to him. And leaning over the side, he clasped her in his arms. And when he touched her, she gave a cry like a startled seagull and woke and looked at him in terror with her mauve amethyst eyes and struggled that she might escape. But he held her tightly to him and would not suffer her to depart. And when she saw that she could in no way escape from him, she began to weep and said, I pray thee, let me go, for I am the only daughter of a king, 
and my father is aged and alone. But the young fisherman answered, I will not let thee go, save thou makest me a promise, that whenever I call thee, thou wilt come and sing to me. For the fish delight to listen to the song of the sea folk, and so shall my nets be full. Wilt thou in very truth let me go, if I promise thee this? In very truth I will let thee go, said the young fisherman. So she made him the promise he desired, and swear by it by the oath of the sea folk. And he loosened his arms from about her, and she sank down into the water, trembling with a strange fear. Every evening the young fisherman went out upon the sea, and called to the mermaid, and she rose up out of the water and sang to him. Round and round her swam the dolphins, and the wild gulls wheeled above her head. And she sang a marvelous song, for she sang of the sea folk who drive their flocks from cave to cave, and carry the little calves on their shoulders, of the tritons who have long green beards and hairy breasts, and blow through twisted conches when the king passes by, of the palace of the king, which is all of amber, with a roof of clear emerald, and a palace of bright pearl, and of the gardens of the sea, where the great filigrane bands of coral wave all day long. And the fish dart about like silver birds, and the anemones cling to the rocks, and the pink sporgian in the ribbed yellow sand. She sang of the big whales that come down from the North Seas and have sharp icicles hanging to their fins of the sirens who tell of such wonderful things that the merchants have to stop their ears with wax, lest they should hear them and leap into the water and be drowned, of the sunken galleys with their tall masts and the frozen sailors clinging to the rigging and the mackerel swimming in and out of the open portholes, of the little barnacles who are great travelers and cling to the keels of the ships and go round and round the world, and of the cuttlefish who live in the sides of the cliffs and stretch out their long black arms and can make night come when they will it. She sang of the Nautilus who has a boat of her own that is carved out of an opal and steered with a silken sail, of the happy mermen who play upon harps and can charm the great kraken to sleep, of the little children who catch hold of the slippery porpoises and ride them laughing upon their backs, of the mermaids who lie in the white foam and hold out their arms to the mariners, and of the sea lions with their curved tusks and the seahorses with their floating manes. And as she sang, all the funny fish came in from the deep to listen to her, and the young fisherman threw his nets round them and caught them, and others he took with a spear. And when his boat was well laden, the mermaid would sink down into the sea, smiling at him. Yet she would never come near him that he might touch her. Oftentimes he called to her and prayed to her, but she would not. And when he sought to seize her, she dived into the water as a seal might dive, nor did he see her again that day. 
and each day the sound of her voice became sweeter to his ears. So sweet was her voice that he forgot his nets and his cunning, and had no care of his craft. Vermilion finned, and with eyes of bossy gold, the tunnies went by in shoals, but he heeded them not. His spear lay by his side unused, and his baskets of plated oyster were empty. With lips parted, and his eyes dim with wonder, he sat idle in his boat and listened, listening till the sea mists crept around him and the wandering moon stained his brown limbs with silver. And one evening, he called to her and said, Little mermaid, little mermaid, I love thee. Take me for thy bridegroom, for I love thee. Thou hast a human soul, she answered. If only thou wouldst send away thy soul, then could I love thee. And the young fisherman said to himself, Of what use is my soul to me? I cannot see it. I may not touch it. I do not know it. Surely I will send it away from me, and much gladness shall be mine. And a cry of joy broke from his lips, and standing up in the painted boat, he held out his arms to the mermaid. I will send my soul away, he cried, and you shall be my bride, and I will be the bridegroom, and in the depth of the sea we will dwell together, and all that thou hast sung of thou shalt show me, and all that thou desirest I will do, nor shall our lives be divided. And the little mermaid laughed for pleasure and hid her face in her hands. But how shall I send my soul from me? cried the young fisherman. Tell me how I may do it, and lo, it shall be done. Alas, I know not, said the little mermaid. The sea folk have no souls. And she sank down into the deep, looking wistfully at him. Now, early on the next morning, before the sun was a span of a man's hand above the hill, the young fisherman went to the house of the priest and knocked three times on the door. The novice looked out through the wicket, and when he saw who it was, he drew back the latch and said to him, Enter. And the young fisherman passed in, and knelt down on the sweet-smelling rushes of the floor, and cried to the priest, who was reading out of the holy book, and said to him, Father, I am in love with one of the sea folk, and my soul hindereth me from having my desire. Tell me how I can send my soul away from me, for in truth I have no need of it. Of what value is my soul to me? I cannot see it, I may not touch it, I do not know it. And the priest beat his breast and answered, Alas, alas, thou art mad, or hast eaten of poisonous herb. For the soul is the noblest part of man, and was given to us by God that we should nobly use it. There is no thing more precious than a human soul, nor any earthly thing that can be weighed with it. It is worth all the gold that is in the world, and is more precious than the rubies of the kings. 
Therefore, my son, think not any more of this matter, for it is a sin that may not be forgiven. And as for the sea folk, they are lost, and they who would traffic with them are also lost. They are as the beasts of the field that know not good from evil, and for them the Lord has not died. The young fisherman's eyes filled with tears when he heard the bitter words of the priest, and he rose up from his knees and said to him, Father, the fawns live in the forest and are glad, and on the rocks sit the mermen with their harps of red gold. Let me be as they are. I beseech thee, for their days are as the days of flowers. And as for my soul, what doth my soul profit me if it stands between me and the thing that I love? The love of the body is vile, cried the priest, knitting his brows. And vile and evil are the pagan things God suffers to wander through his world. Accursed be the fawns of the woodland, and accursed be the singers of the sea. I have heard them at nighttime, and they have sought to lure me from my beads. They tap at the window and laugh. They whisper into my ears the tales of their perilous joys. They tempt me with temptations, and when I would pray, they make mouths at me. They are lost, I tell thee, they are lost. For them there is no heaven nor hell, and in neither shall they praise God's name. Father, cried the fisherman, thou knowest not what thou sayest. Once in my net I snared the daughter of a king. She is fairer than the morning star and whiter than the moon. For her body I would give my soul, and for her love I would surrender heaven. Tell me what I ask of thee, and let me go in peace. Away! Away! cried the priest. Thy layman is lost, and thou shalt be lost with her. And he gave him no blessing, but drove him from his door. And the young fisherman went down into the marketplace, and he walked slowly and with bowed head, as one who was in sorrow. And when the merchants saw him coming, they began to whisper to each other. And one of them came forth to meet him, and called him by name, and said to him, What hast thou to sell? I will sell thee, my soul, he answered. I pray thee, buy it off of me, for I am weary of it. Of what use is my soul to me? I cannot see it, I may not touch it, and I do not know it. But the merchants mocked at him and said, Of what use is a man sold to us? It's not worth a clipped piece of silver. Sell us thy body for a slave, and then we'll clothe thee in sea purple and put a ring upon thy finger and make thee the minion of the great queen. But talk not of the soul, for to us it is not, nor has it any value for our service. And the young fisherman said to himself, how strange a thing it is. The priest tells me that the soul is worth all the gold in the world, and the merchants say that it's not worth a clipped piece of silver. And he passed out of the marketplace and went down to the shore of the sea and began to ponder on what he should do. 
and at noon he remembered how one of his companions, who was a gatherer of sampire, had told him of a certain young witch who dwelt in a cave at the head of the bay and was very cunning in her witcheries. And he set to and ran. So eager was he to get rid of his soul, and a cloud of dust followed him as he sped around the sand of the shore. By the itching of her palm, the young witch knew his coming, and she laughed and let down her red hair. With her red hair falling around her, she stood at the opening of the cave, and in her hand, she held a spray of wild hemlock that was blossoming. What do you lack? What do you lack? She cried as he came panting up the steep and bent down before her. Fish for thy net when the wind is foul. I have a reed pipe, and when I blow on it, the mullet comes sailing into the bay. But it has a price, pretty boy. It has a price. What do you lack? What do you lack? A storm to wreck the ships and wash the chest of rich treasure ashore? I have more storms than the wind has, for I serve one who is stronger than the wind. And with a sieve and a pail of water, I can send the great galleys to the bottom of the sea. But I have a price, pretty boy. I have a price. What do you lack? What do you lack? I know a flower that grows in the valley. None knows it but I. It has purple leaves and a star in its heart, and its juice is as white as milk. Shouldst thou touch with this flower the hard lips of the queen, she would follow thee all over the world. Out of the bed of the king she would rise, and over the whole world she would follow thee. And it has a price, pretty boy. It has a price. What do you lack? What do you lack? I can pound a toad in a mortar and make broth of it and stir the broth with a dead man's hand. Sprinkle it on thine enemy while he sleeps and he will turn into a black viper and his own mother will slay him. With a wheel I can draw the moon from heaven and in a crystal I can show thee death. What do you lack? What do you lack? Tell me thy desire, and I will give it thee. And thou shalt pay me a price, pretty boy. Thou shalt pay me a price. My desire is but for a little thing, said the young fisherman. Yet hath the priest been wroth with me, and driven me forth. It is but for a little thing, and merchants have mocked at me and denied me. Therefore am I come to thee, though men call thee evil, and whatever be thy price, I shall pay it. What wouldest thou? asked the witch, coming near to him. I would send my soul away from me, answered the young fisherman. The witch grew pale and shuddered and hid her face in her blue mantle. Pretty boy! Pretty boy, she muttered. That is a terrible thing to do. He tossed his brown curls and laughed. My soul is not to me, he answered. I cannot see it. I may not touch it. I do not know it. What wilt thou give me if I tell thee? Asked the witch, looking down at him with her beautiful eyes. 
Five pieces of gold, he said, and my nets, and the wattled house where I live, and the painted boat in which I sail. Only tell me how to get rid of my soul, and I will give thee all that I possess. She laughed mockingly at him and struck him with a spray of hemlock. I can turn the autumn leaves into gold, she answered, and I can weave the pale moonbeams into silver if I will it. He whom I serve is richer than all the kings of this world and has their dominions. What then shall I give thee, he cried, if thy price be neither gold nor silver? The witch stroked his hair with her thin white hand. Thou must dance with me, pretty boy. Not but that, cried the young fisherman in wonder as he rose to his feet. Not but that, she answered, and she smiled at him again. Then at sunset, in some secret place, we shall dance together, he said. And after we have danced, thou shalt tell me the thing which I desire to know. She shook her head. When the moon is full, when the moon is full, she muttered. Then she peered all round and listened. A blue bird rose screaming from its nest and circled over the dunes. And three spotted birds rustled through the coarse gray grass and whistled to each other. There was no other sound save the sound of a wave fretting the smooth pebbles below. So she reached out her hand and drew him near to her and put her dry lips close to his ear. Tonight, thou must come to the top of the mountain, she whispered. It is a Sabbath. And he will be there. The young fisherman started and looked at her, and she showed her white teeth and laughed. Who is he of whom thou speakest? He said. It matters not, she answered. Go thou tonight and stand under the branches of the hornbeam and wait for my coming. If a black dog runs towards thee, strike it with a rod of willow, and it will go away. If an owl speaks to thee, make it no answer. When the moon is full, I shall be with thee, and we will dance together on the grass. But wilt thou swear to me to tell me how I may send my soul from me? He made question. She moved out into the sunlight, and through her red hair rippled the wind. By the hoofs of the goat, I swear it, she made answer. Thou art the best of the witches, cried the young fisherman. I will surely dance with thee tonight on the top of the mountain. I would indeed that thou hast asked of me either gold or silver, but such is thy price as thou shalt have it for it is but a little thing. And he doffed his cap to her, bent his head low, and ran back to the town, filled with a great joy. And the witch watched him as he went. And when he had passed from her sight, she entered her cave. And having taken a mirror from a box of carved cedar wood, she set it up on a frame and burned vervian on lighted charcoal before it, 
and peered through the coils of the smoke. And after a time, she clenched her hands in anger. He should have been mine, she muttered. I am as fair as she is. Who likes dark stories? People who have experienced a touch of the dark side. People who are a little wiser to the world. People who like their bones chilled and their spines tingled. People like you and me. It's hard to find a story these days that write on the dark side with a touch of whimsy, humor, and heart. Mavsky spreads her dark wings and solves this problem for you. Head on over to Amazon and type Mavsky's name into the search engine. M-A-V-S-K-Y-E. At Amazon, you'll find her Tales to Chill Your Bones series, Girl Clown Hatchet series, Supergirl series, her cult classic novel, Wanted Single Rails, and of course, her brand new release, Cold Hangs the Midnight. Choose your dark flavor and head on over to Amazon today.